Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. You are Jesus, you're my strong tower, Jesus, my strength is power, Jesus, you're my deliverer, yes, you are, Jesus, my hope and my future, Jesus. My source and my shelter, Jesus. You're my savior, keeper, my friend. Lord, I need you to take my hand and see me Oh, and now I need your grace to find that place you called me to. You crafted me in secrecy. And I know there's plans that you have for me. Protect me from my enemies. I know that you will rescue me as I rest in you. You will keep me because you are Jesus. You're my strong tower, Jesus. My strength this hour, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You're my deliverer. Yes, you are, Jesus. My hope and my future, Jesus. My source and my shelter, Jesus. You're my savior, keeper, my friend. And you will finish what you've started, complete what you've begun. Though the enemy has lied and said I'm done, but I know you better than that. You've kept me safe this far. Now it's time for you to show just who you are. You are Jesus. You're my strong tower, 
Jesus. My strength is our Jesus. You're my deliverer, yes, you are, Jesus. My hope and my future, Jesus. My source and my shelter, Jesus. You're my Savior, Keeper, you are, Jesus. You're my strong tower, Jesus. My strength this hour, Jesus. You're my deliverer, yes, you are, Jesus. My hope and my future, Jesus. My source and my shelter, Jesus. You're my Savior. how we can say all that Jesus gives to us, but yet on the flip side of that, treat him the way we do. We have a house, and we need our home, but we take care of our home. We have cars. And we do what we need to do to take care of our car. We have clothes. We keep them clean. We do what we need to do to keep them cleaned and keep them ironed and all of that. All of these things that we have that we need, we take care of it. But I'm wondering, do we really need Jesus? Y'all get what I'm saying? Today is is the day for self-examination. Everybody got to examine their own self. The Bible said, know ye not your own self? At least you be reprobate. And we we don't have no reprobated mind. We, We know where our walk is with God. We know where we fell short. Let us turn our attention to the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to begin reading from verse 36. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter 
and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Carry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. And he coming unto the disciples and finded them asleep. And said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left and he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that do betray me. Amen. There's two different subjects that, I, that had entered into my heart. Yesterday we talked from, this, from this, uh, some of these verses of Scripture about praying. And the Lord spoke to me here in the church and said, men sleeping on the job. Some of us have fell asleep on the job. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your verses of Scripture. We thank you for those that have heard your word. We thank you for those that have a heart to receive your word. And we pray, Father, that your word may bring change in our lives. Dear God, that we may show our commitment unto you and to the ministry that you have assigned to our hands in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for your blessings upon one and all in the mighty name of Jesus. That you would bless us, Lord, with the blessing that we stand in the need of. That we may become a blessing to someone else in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, search our hearts and our minds. And whatever there be that's not right or pleasing in your sight, Lord, cleanse us, purge us, wash us white as snow. Lord, that we can be meat for the master's you. Creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray in the church say, Amen. 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 Don't stop praying. Amen. But we find that people didn't stop praying because they didn't fell asleep on the job. Amen. It's our job. The Bible says that men should what? Always pray and cease not. Every day we are challenged with some form of temptations. We as a people meet temptations on a daily basis. 
And all of our temptations is not physical. Some of our temptations are spiritual. And Paul said we, we need to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on salvation. We have been majoring in the minors and minoring in the majors. We have placed those things which mean eternal life on hold or on a back burner, and we have placed those things of this world before us. The Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not of this world. We're only pilgrims that's passing through. We're not here for eternity. We're only here for time and space. And only God knows when that time has ran out. Jesus had went about doing good. Went about healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind and raising up the lamb to walk and cleansing the leopards. All of these things Jesus did, and during his three years of ministry, people applauded him, and, and they followed him. Amen. Fed 5,000 with only two fishes and five loaves of bread. All of these things people spoke about. All of these things people raved about. And they followed him because of all the miracles and signs and wonders that he worked before the people. And they clapped and they applauded and they spread the word concerning Jesus, concerning the miracles that he did. But no one ever talked about eternal life. No one spoke concerning that this man, a man who raised the dead, a man is offering the gift of eternal life. And that's funny how we as a people here today, as all of these generations and descendants of people have passed down through the stages of Egypt, we're still applauding him and clapping our hands every time he give us a nickel, give us, amen, a house, a car, some brand new clothes, they got a promotion on the job, or whatever it is that we physically and financially receive. But no one is proclaiming him as Savior. No one is being a witness for him and telling people who he really is. Amen. Some people talk about Jesus as if though he's Santa Claus or he's a sugar daddy. But he is the savior of this world. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever just believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This is what he came for us, church. He came to bring everlasting life. Amen. And you got people turning their nose up at everlasting life. Amen. And reaching out for the silver and gold. Jesus, when he came on the scene, the Bible said God gave his son, and the son gave his life. That whosoever just believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. All the things of this world are going to perish. But we who have Christ shall live forever. Jesus knew his assignment. And each day that he walked the dusty streets of Galilee, Capernaum, Judea, and the regions round about, 
he went about doing good. Amen. Though the Sanhedrin and, and, and the, and the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees did not believe in him. Every chance they got, they scorned him, spoke evil about him. It didn't stop him from doing good. This is what we as a people of God are going to face. We're going to face these types of criticism. We're going to face people talking about us and putting us down. Amen. But it shouldn't stop us from going about doing good. The Bible said do good to every man, especially to those of the household of faith. This is what he asks of us. This is what he commands us as the people of God. Do good to every man, but especially to those of the household of faith. Amen. They may not worship in the same place you worship. They may not have the same pastor that you have, but they have the same God that you and I have. And because of that, amen, we need to treat our fellow man, right. Some people may not know what you know. Some people may not be on the level that you're on. But when we do good to all men, we lead by example. And people will look upon us, and people will see the God inside of you and I. All that Jesus did and he only received scorn and bad words concerning himself from the Sanhedrians, from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They spread out lies concerning him. But each day that he woke, each mile that he walked, amen, he was walking toward his destiny, walking toward what he was placed here to do. The Bible says that Jesus came to the day that they honored the Passover. The Passover, which represented the fact when the nation of Israel was delivered from out of Egypt and a dead angel passed over because of the blood. A lot of things didn't pass over us because of the blood. Amen. We might complain about certain things that's gone on with us, certain things that might have happened to us, amen, but some things that should have happened didn't happen because of the blood. And you ought to be grateful today and thank God for the blood. Amen. I still hear, even the day after so many years, my mother-in-law passed away. I still hear her saying, thank God that it's not any worse. Amen. A little rain going to fall in all of our lives because the Bible said we in this life we will have trials and tribulations. But Jesus said in me, you're going to have perfect peace. The only reason why we don't have peace in our home, in our marriage, and with our children is because somewhere along the line, you done walked away from God. Amen. We done walked away from the word of God that tells us and explains to us and lead and guide us on how to have a certain situation that comes in our life. Thank you, Lord. When Joseph, amen, the great patriot, when he went down into Egypt, when his brothers sold him out and sent him down into Egypt, the Bible says he went before them to prepare a place for them. Amen. He, didn't be, he wasn't bitter. 
Amen. He didn't look back, amen, with hatred and malice in his heart. Amen. The Bible said Joseph went about doing good. Amen. And every time he tried to do good, amen, somewhere along the line, evil presented itself to him. Amen. And the Bible said that when Joseph went down into the prison, when, when, when Potiphar's wife lied on him and said that he tried to rape her, amen, the Bible said that God was with him. Don't you ever believe that God didn't left you because you're going through some type of trial, some type of tribulation at this time? Amen. The Bible says, consider Jesus. Amen. What he went through. Consider him. Amen. How they provoked him and how they spit on him and lied on him, tied him to the whipping post. He, they say, consider Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we throw a pity party when certain things happen to us. Amen. When certain things befall us in our lives, in our marriage, in our home, on our job, we go to complaining. But the Bible says, consider Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The Bible says that whatever Joseph went through, God was still with him. Yeah. Amen. God was still with him. Amen. It was the night, amen, that they remembered the plight that they had in Egypt. Amen. Sometimes we forget when we came up out of Egypt. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Egypt got so much to offer. The Israelites got into the wilderness. And they remembered the cucumbers and, and all of those things that they ate when they was back in Egypt, when it was in the wilderness. Amen. And they had no cucumbers and they had no onions and, and all of these things that they were familiar with down in Egypt. Amen. And, it's, and it, 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 they thought about the things that they ate. But one thing they forgot about, they was delivered. Amen. They was delivered from bondage. And sometimes we forget that we are saved. Sometimes we forget that we represent Christ Almighty. Amen. Sometimes we forget, amen, that we're Christians by the things we do and the things that we say, amen, and how we feel concerning other people. You got to remember, amen, when you came up out of Egypt, what you was called to. Paul said we were called from out of darkness, amen, and brought to his marvelous light. Jesus didn't forget, amen, his ministry, what he was called to do. Amen. He said, for this cause came I into this world. And for this, for this reason was I born. Amen. Every time, amen, that he taught his disciples, he told them what the end was going to be for him. Amen. He kept telling them, amen, that the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. Amen. And be crucified. Amen. But on the third day, he's going to rise again. Amen. He heard it. They heard what he said, but they couldn't understand. They didn't believe. Amen. They just went about doing their daily chores. Something, you know, it's something like, like some of us in the church. And not only this church, a whole lot of churches. Amen. They hear the word. Amen. But they don't receive. They don't receive it. It don't enter into their heart. They don't ponder upon what the word of God is saying. They don't, they don't meditate. Paul, the Lord told, told Joshua, he said, look, meditate upon my word day and night. Amen. And in doing this, your ways shall be prosperous. Wheresoever you go, he said, Lord, you're going to prosper. Whatsoever you do, you're going to prosper. Whosoever you meet, you're going to prosper. Thank you, Lord, for prosperity. Thank you. The Bible said that Jesus remembered his mission. Nothing deterred him from his mission and the ministry that he was called to. Sometimes some things deter us, amen, turn us around 
from doing what God didn't call us to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need to get back to the place where God called us, where we first received him. Amen. It was so many different times through the ministry. Christ kept telling the disciples, you're looking at all of these things that's happening around you, looking at the, 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 the miracles and the wonders that I'm performing. See, but the day going to come that I'm going to be turned over to the hand of sinful men. Amen. Thank you, Lord, and I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. He told them, said, if you destroy this temple, he said, I'll raise it back up in three days. Even the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those of the religious sect, amen, still didn't understand what he was saying. They was looking more upon the religious building, amen, that they went to worship in rather than looking upon the, the, the spiritual building of Christ. Amen. How in the world it took our fathers all these years to, to erect this building, and you say that you're going to put it back up in three days? He was talking about his spirit, talking about his body, raising up from the dead. Amen. But the time came. Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, it comes to a point where talking comes to an end, and it's time for actions. Amen. In our text, the time have came. Amen. For all the things that Christ had spoke to his disciples concerning himself, it was coming to pass. Amen. Sometimes some things the Lord say, sometimes it might take a while. Amen. But if it came from God, it's going to surely come to pass. Thank you, Lord. The time came. Amen. When Jesus came, amen, to the house to have what we call the Last Supper. Amen. He wasn't going to have his supper Amen, with them anymore. He said the next time that they would break bread and drink of the cup, it would be in his father's kingdom. Amen. At the supper, at the table was the betrayal. Judas, who would betray Jesus with a kiss. Lord, have mercy. That's how some people's hearts been broken. That's how some people have left the church. Some people have left their marriages and their children because they were disappointed and their heart was broken with a kiss. Misled with a kiss. Misled with a smile and some flattering words. Amen. Until the truth came forward and the heart was broken. It was disappointed. Amen. And they stopped believing. I heard the song, amen, that was playing a few minutes ago. Don't you give up on God. Amen. Sometimes we allow people in situations to make us give up on God. Give up on coming to church. Give up on coming to Bible study. Amen. Because we don't think that it worked because so many things happened to us and this didn't happen and that didn't happen. My heart then got broken and I've been disappointed too many times with the stuff they call church. I beat Tamla Man said something about what she said about the church. In her song, she said something about concerning the church. It's time, it's time to stop praying the church game. And that's all we do when we don't obey the word of God. We're just playing the church game. We sing the song. We pick up an offering. We pray. We hear the preacher preach. Amen. But we don't believe because we don't allow the word of God to change us. And all we do is just playing the church game. That's all it is, just playing the church game. They talked about uh, uh, what, uh, 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 what this, this woman, that, that this famous woman that sang, Shirley Caesar. They had this, this, this out about how Shirley Caesar, when she was a child, amen, used to get out in the yard and play the church game. 
Amen. Praying that she's preaching and praying like she's singing from in the choir and all of this. And the, and the sister went inside and said, Mama, surely out there praying again. Amen. And the, Bible, and, 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 the, and the word goes on to say when the mother went to the door and looked at Shirley out in the yard, they said, oh, she's not playing this time. Sooner or later, the church game, you're going to stop playing it. Amen. Something's going to happen in your life. Something's going to come upon you to cause you to stop playing the church game. The night came when Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, the hand who dipped his hand in the bush, in the ditch, amen, is the one who's going to betray me. That's funny how we can break bread together and eat together, sing together, and somewhere in that, in that group, somebody is a betrayal. Somebody is not believing. Somebody is not committing themselves to Christ. After they had the supper, the Bible said that Jesus went out into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he didn't go out there just to sightsee. He didn't go out there just to feel the cool breeze come from the olive trees. Amen. The Bible says he went out there to pray. And he took with him that some people would think that would be there to pray with him. His inner circle. Peter, James, and John, the two sons of Zebedee. He, he, he took them in and he told them, he said, look, sit here a while while I go yonder and pray. When the last time you prayed? Other than coming here to church and kneeling down at the altar, when the last time you prayed? When the last time you really were serious in your prayers with God? He told his disciples, sit here a while, while I go yonder and pray. How is your prayer life? How is your family prayer life? When the last time you and your family joined hands at home and prayed? When the last time y'all read a scripture in the house and prayed? When the last time y'all had a discussion at home concerning Jesus and prayed. We say all the time, Lord, let our house be a house of prayer. Do, but do we make it a house of prayer? Do we pray in our home? We put on the ass when we come here and we kneel at the altar. But when the last time you kneeled at home? When the last time you joined hands with your husband, your wife, and your children and prayed at home? You hear people say, a family that prays together. It's not a morning that I don't lift up my children in prayer. It's not a morning I don't pray for each one of y'all marriages. That God be the binding cord that holds y'all together. Not money, not sex, not your children, but the love that y'all have one for another in your heart. That God be the binding cord that draws y'all together as thread binds a sweater together. I pray for this for y'all. But when the last time did you pray? Jesus told them to sit here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. 
the two sons of Zebedee. One scripture called the two sons of Zebedee the sons of thunder. Means that they can pray and bring thunder down. But when they needed him the most, when he needed those that was closer to him the most, the Bible said that when Jesus went to pray, they went to sleep. Sometimes we try to count on people too much. And we don't rely on God. Jesus is praying to the Father that the cup that he had to drink from would pass from him. Not that he was fearful of debt. Not that debt bothered him. But that the fact that he would take on the sins of the world would separate him from the Father. Have sin ever entered into you and made you realize that what you are doing is separating you from God? Have it ever bothered you? Have it ever had anything on your heart and mind? Did it ever trouble you that what I'm about to do will separate me from the Father? He said, Lord, he said, help this cup to pass from me. But yet, nevertheless, not as I will, but let thy will, let your will be done in my life. There's some things that we got to go through that some people say is not God. But there's something that God allows that is his will. Something God got to do to get our attention. Something God got to allow to bring us back, amen, to ourselves, to our, to our reality. You, rem- you remember the, the story concerning the prodigal son? How he had asked his father for all his inheritance. And the Bible says he went his way to live a righteous living. He wanted to live it up. He wanted to get away from that God stuff. Too much of praying going on in my father's house. Talking too much about the Bible at my father's house. I got to get away and see what life is all about. And the Bible says the father gave unto him and his brother their inheritance. And the younger brother went away to live it up. And the Bible said that after he had spent all he had, a famine entered into the land. That's funny how, how when what you had is gone, you remember God. And, and, and that's what happened when backsliders come back to the church. They remember how good God was to them. How they had prospered when they was with God. And they went backslid, went back into the world with the stuff that God had blessed them with. Came back. At 20, they st- and they looked 40. Came back at 25 and looked like they had an age to be 50. That's something how the world would beat on you. <laughs> the Bible said that when the part of the son came to himself, he said, I'm going back home to my father's house. He said, because it was at my father's house, I had more food enough and more to spare. And he said, I'm going to tell my father I've sinned against him and against heaven. And I'm not even worthy no more to be called the son. But the Bible said that the father saw the son coming from afar. And he ran to him and hugged him and kissed him. And said, kill the fatty calf. Put shoes on his feet. Put a robe upon him. For this is my son who was lost is found, who was dead and now is alive again. 
Sometimes we, we are, our spiritual life dies out, and all we do is just go through the motion of playing the church game. It's not until God allows certain things to come in our lives, cause us to come back home and realize I had it good when I was in the house of God. I had it good when I believed the word of God. Jesus went to his, his disciples and he found them asleep. And he asked the fact, could you not sit with me? Could you not pray with me just, just for an hour? Just for an hour. The Bible says he went back the second time. Now, some of the things that we didn't heard in church today, we didn't heard them before. We didn't heard the same things before. And even if we did, we, we knew about it. We knew what the word of God said. And sometimes we say, well, why they got to keep talking about the same thing over and over? We didn't heard that. Didn't it say that? The Bible said Jesus went back the second time and said the same thing to God that he said the first time. And when he went back, he found the disciples asleep again. How many times is it going to take you and I to wake from out of slumber and sleep? How long is it going to take us? How much more God got to do? How much more God got to allow to come in your house, in your house, in your, in, your, in your marriage, with your children, with your finances, with your health and your strength. How much more God got to allow to come in order for us to wake from out of slumber and sleep? Jesus said, except I drink of this cup, let your will be done. And he went back and prayed the third time. And when he came back, the Bible says he found his disciples asleep again. And this time when he found them asleep, he said, take your rest. Take your rest. My business is fixed now. I pray that that day come. I believe that that day going to come. But we ain't going to have to pray for y'all as hard. Amen. You're going to make up your mind. Amen. That you're going to walk with God. Amen. Jesus had a mission that he would take up the sins of this world, that he would become our kinsman redeemer, redeem us from the penalty of sin. Amen. But somebody fell asleep on the job. The disciples, those that he thought that he can trust in, amen, to watch with him, to pray with him, had fell asleep. How many people you didn't trust it in? Amen. That wasn't there when you needed them. They might have wasn't asleep. But they were too busy to answer your call. They, they couldn't come at the time you needed them. I'm busy right now. Could, uh, could, it, could, it, could it be tomorrow? Or whatever excuse they gave. But thank God Jesus didn't give an excuse. He told his disciples to sleep on now. He didn't get angry with them. didn't fuss at them. He just told them to sleep on now. Those that come to betray me is at hand. And the Bible said that Judas came. And betrayed him with a kiss. A kiss in the ancient Middle East represented a greeting. It meant blessings to the individual. But instead of blessing Jesus and instead of greeting him with a kiss, he betrayed him. 
How many times we've been fooled? I've been betrayed by our kids. Something that was supposed to mean something to you. Something that was supposed to mean affections and loyalty. That all of those things that you took to heart in the long run, it disappointed you. Because you thought that they meant you good. And it turned out that they didn't mean you no good. Jesus did this for the good of the world. Not just for his disciples. Not just for the Israelites. But for the whole world. Let us do good to all men. That they may know that we are Jesus' disciples. Stop sleeping on the job. He didn't give you something to do. Do it. You know, sometimes we're touched by certain things that goes on in the church service, certain things that somebody might say, whether it's a service here, whether it's a service somewhere else, whether it's something we listen at that's spiritual on the TV or the radio. And we say within ourselves, I got to do better. I'm going to do this and I'm going to start doing that. But no sooner as we leave the church, no sooner that the words that spoken to us over TV or radio leaves our ears, we go right back and fall asleep. Man sleeping on a job. In, in our society, if you was a supervisor or a manager and know that you hired to work for you and you caught them somewhere in the back room sleeping on the job, what do you think would happen to their job? In most cases, that person would be fired from their job. Let us not sleep on our job. Saul went to sleep on the job. And he wouldn't do what God had called him to do. And the Bible said that God took his spirit from him and gave him an evil spirit that vexed him, caused him not to have good sleep at night, caused him to be vexed in his spirit, that he needed David to come and play the harp that would soothe his spirit so he can rest. Saul got fired from his job. And God said, I'm going to raise me up another servant. He said, I found a man who's after my own heart. Don't let God get somebody to take your place. Don't get somebody to take your place. Eli was the high priest. His sons was taking the offerings that the people brought as a sacrificial offering to God for the sins of their household. And the, and the sons was taking it for their own use. And it was having the women that was in the church. And Eli fell asleep on the job. He wouldn't tell his sons no better. And here God raised up a small child called Samuel. Right under the nose of Eli. And didn't know that he was all, already fired. And the day came that Samuel became the high priest. It's in the Bible. First Samuel and second Samuel. That's the same person who took the high priest Eli job. And if you look through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you never find a book called the Book of Eli. You might find it on the TV, 
But then there was a play in their movie about the book of Eli, but you ain't going to find the book of Eli in this King James Bible. But it talks about Samuel. Why? Because he was committed to God. It was, he was committed to God. In the book of Revelation, the Bible said those that was committed to God and believed in him and was washing his blood, he said their name was written in the book of life. Let your name be written because you believe. Abraham was counted the father of righteousness because he believed. It talks about Abraham and the walk that he had with God. When God brought destruction upon the face of the whole earth, the Bible says he found that, that Noah found grace in his sight because he was a man, he was a man of righteousness. Let God find grace in you. Let the Bible be written that you was perfect in your generation. You was upright. You did what God had required and asked of you to do. You know, when, 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 one thing I thought that my wife was going to say, I'm going I'm to turn this off.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.